HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live on the Heritage Radio Network. This is your host, Greg Blaze. On today's show, we're continuing the discussion about creating new cheeses. We spoke with Margot Brooks of Sugar House Creamery, Jos Volto of Volto Creamery, and Benton Brown and Sam Frank of Crown Finish Caves, all cheesemakers or affiners here in New York. And we spoke with Maisie and Matthew of Jacobs and Bridgeford Farmstead Cheese in Indiana most recently. This week, I'm very excited to have Piero Garini of Dolce Valle Dairy on the line with us today. Thanks so much for coming on, Piero. <laughs> Piero has a really unique story and a really unique creamery. I first heard about Dolce Valle in a Culture Magazine article a few years ago, and it really stuck with me since then because his story is like the, the stuff that novels are written about. Uh, Piero is originally from Italy but now resides in Trinidad, where his Dolce Valle Dairy is located. Uh, you also own a hotel there, if I'm not mistaken, Piero. Is that correct? I'll let you elaborate on that in a moment. Um, I read the, uh, that the area where your milk comes from is best known for nesting leatherback turtles, and that seems very surreal and amazing. So if you're still with me, which I hope you are, I'd like to start off by asking you, uh, what's your story and how did you get into the cheese business? You back with me, brother? Hello, Greg. Hey, Piero. How are you, bro? <laughs> Very well. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, 
talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's nice to talk nice. with you too. I I just introduced you here um, on the show. We had a little tiny bit of te- technical difficulties, but that is no worries. Um, I just um, I told um, our guests, uh, or I mean our listeners, just a little bit about your story um, and about your yeah. creamery. So um, I was uh, hoping that you could explain to us um, what your story is and how you got into the cheese business and how you fell in love with Trinidad and wanted to make food there or make a different life for yourself there. Okay. Um, I used to be a photojournalist. Um, I used to live in New York. I used to do um, assignment, international assignment for, for a news magazine, Time Life, Newsweek, uh, among the others and many others. And um, I moved to Trinidad 21 years ago. I found a beautiful little hotel on the beach, and I decided to come and start a new life. And one of my dreams was always to be able to produce uh, healthy and what I call ethical food. And um, in high school, my one of my best friends belonged to a family of cheesemakers. They have been doing traditional mozzarella for the last four generations. And during the summer, I was working with them as a delivery person, not as a, as a cheesemaker. But me and Massimo, that's his name of my friend, we always dream to, to do cheese together one day, to, to open a business together. And all things came together when we discovered that Trinidad has a, a very high number of uh, buffalo, or water buffalo. Right. The same buffalo, obviously, that I use in, um, in, uh, in Italy to, um, to make uh, the famous buffalo mozzarella. Right. So campagna. we start to, to start to play with the idea of making mozzarella here. And, uh, and about four years ago, we, um, we put down a business plan. We found a local investor, and we purchased uh, quite sophisticated equipment from Italy. And we started about two and a half years ago. Are you right? start- but, um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, please continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, what we discovered uh, was that uh, the availability of buffalo milk is not great in the island. So since we invested so much money in this machine, we started to do um, cow milk. And that has been our main um, line of cheese for the last two years here in Trinidad. Okay, so Trinidad is my, is my new home, but also Trinidad is an excellent uh, base for then do distribution in the CARICOM, the, the, the Caribbean common market, because there are no duty between the islands. And the other islands that are much more um, uh, geared toward um, high-end tourism has a, a big demand of this kind of... Pre- oh, did I lose you again? Well, that's okay. It sounds like my no problem. Oh, you're back. You're back. So it's interesting because I know that you uh, you you came. You said as a photojournalist, and I wanted to ask you a question, uh, but I'll ask it to you in a second. Um, so you you came and you saw that the island was populated with water buffalo, and that intrigued you because you wanted to make uh, cheeses like the mozzarella di bufala in Campania. Is uh, is that correct? Oh, I had technical difficulties. The island, the island's not not kind to me in terms yeah. of cell phone service. Um, <laughs> but so, but you you still haven't been able to produce um, any buffalo milk cheese yet, right? You're still working with cow's milk. 
Yeah, we're going to have to take a little bit um, of a break, and then we're going to try to get Piero back on the line because he's got a really great story, and we really, really want to tell it. So just bear with us for just a second, and we'll be right back. Cheers. Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. 
Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. Hi there, this is Greg Blaze. We're back around Heritage Radio with uh, Cutting the Curd, talking to Piero Garini. Hopefully his cell phone connection is a little bit better now. Are you out there, Piero? Yeah. Hey, it's nice to yes, hear from the, you. the connection sounds a little bit better. Oh, Thank that's you great. Thank you to me. Oh, man, of course. We want yeah. to talk to you. So uh, like I was saying, um, you have a really unique story and, and a really interesting story. So you were a photojournalist that fell in love with Trinidad. Uh, you came there and sort of never left, correct? And uh, I was wondering. Yes. I was, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was wondering um, a question that I wanted to ask you before I got into the type of cheeses you make and the things that you do was: um, how, Did you draw now on your experience as a photojournalist, or did any of your experiences, particular experiences, inspire you to want to work with food and specifically cheese through the lens of being in Trinidad? No, I, I think that uh, it comes more from my. Uh, from my um, young years, I grew up in a in a in a farm in Italy. My my grandparents they were farmer. We used to have uh, cows. I used to drive tractor and you know um, take care of the cow when I was five or six years old on my summer vacation. And I guess I always dreamed to be able to to live in a similar setting. And um, uh, the destiny brought me. Well, look, um, it's unfortunate, but we we're, we're going to have to try to get you back sometime when you get it on a landline. There, I uh, I'm really sorry, but um, um, well, you got a little teaser of Piero Garini, and uh, we will get back to talk to him. I promise about his uh, his dairy, uh, the Dolce Valley Creamery, where he makes amazing um, Italian cheeses in Trinidad, um, the place where. You know, whenever I'm stressed out in New York, I always one of the reasons why I want to do this show is because I'm always like, I'd like to go down to an island where I can make cheese, but not have to, you know, take the L train when it's broken and like, you know, a bunch of snow. So hopefully we'll get be able to get back to Trinidad. But luckily, luckily for me, um, because this is Roberta's Pizza in Brooklyn, and people just flock here of all sorts of uh, of, of of background and uh, and quality. I, I was able to pull. Uh, uh, a friend of mine right out of the pizzeria who has been on the show before, who is a, a cheesemonger of some renown, he's uh, Nate McElroy. Um, so, Nate, uh, sorry to take you away from your pizza, but uh, what's going on? And then we have um, Ella Marie Cronin in the booth as well. And, uh, she's been instructed to, uh, you know, to uh, hang out and talk to us. Um, I never never met Ellen. Ellen is also a cheesemonger. So well, we're just going to talk for a little bit about some stuff, you know, maybe um, catch up with Nate for a minute and, you know, um, ask him his thoughts about uh, maybe making cheese in a in a different setting, like down in uh, down in the tr- in, in Trinidad and Tobago. Or Sign down me in up. The- <laughs> Sign me up. Get me out of this winter. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, um, well, Nate is... Um, is the the capo over at the Bedford Cheese Shop in uh, 
in in Manhattan, and uh, those guys have certainly. Um, I think Nate's about recovered um, from the from the holidays, but the winter keeps uh, keeps dragging along. How are you doing, and how are things over there? Uh, the shop's great. Uh, the body is tired still. Yeah, you know, and the uh, the joints are definitely feeling the. Oh man, it's got to stop. What's got to stop? The winter has got to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it uh, does. It's, it's cold. Uh, but no, things are great. Uh, things are great. Um, you know, the shops are, are doing well. The cheese is coming in. You know, spring's around the corner where, you know, we're going to start getting all that nice fresh stuff in and, uh, you know, get all the goat cheeses. And, yeah. You know, get to sell the stuff that really, like, you know, the, the, the beauty of, like, living in this town is really seeing the bounty of the seasons as it, as it you get out of the dire, dark months of winter and, and everything comes into bloom and... You know, um, and you get to really handle all the good stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I found that I had um, just, um, and I don't know what your opinions are, I found that I actually had a fairly good supply of everything through the through the winter this year. Um, there have been some years, and this is despite all of the uh, sort of litigious nature of our business that's like sort of uh, been uh, definitely a thread that has run through the show and through our lives, our day-to-day lives, I felt that in the end, no matter what people told us we weren't going to be able to get, and no matter, you know, all of the all of the, the stomping on our orders that the FDA did, and, and all of our, you know, all of the, all of the, just the cumulative drama and, and need for, you know, for dealing with things other than just selling cheese, we came through it pretty well. I sold a ton of cheese over the, and I still have over this winter. Has it been the same for you and your shop? Yeah, supply has been great. I mean, you know, and and just the variation. But really, what what's exciting about going through, you know, regardless of having like like fresher goat cheeses in the in the winter that you can develop, but going into the spring and just tasting the changes of of the milk flavors and and you know and seeing how all the animals are out on the pasture and, and all that. Um, that's what's exciting to me. So, yeah, the supply has been great regardless of, of, you know, the red tape that's been put up around things. Um, but, yeah. Um, what are you getting in now? Are you, I find still if you're going to get younger cheeses made with sheep and goat's milk right now, they're still a little bit salty, and mm-hmm. I don't trust that the things that are made of goat's milk are actually made of goat's milk yet. Right. Or, or you know, you know, they're they're kind of cut. I I just did a a class at Italy um, where I was doing a regional specialties, and uh, we did um, northern Italian cheeses, and I had beautiful uh, Robiola Rocca Verano DOP uh, raw milk Robiola Rocca Verano, which I'm. I cling to. I don't know how I get it, but I'm really happy that I do. Uh, you know, and um, and the the interesting comments I got from uh, from the the paying customers were, you know, I I hate goat cheese, but this isn't as bitter as goat cheese. And like in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's because it's probably not mostly goat's milk cheese. So are you still caught in that? I know that uh, you guys buy a lot of nice fresh sheep cheeses for the spring and uh, have you started to bring those in yet they're on a boat right now but we'll see what sort of uh consistency and quality they have when they get here um but actually uh the domestic buying has been great through the winter months it Uh, has yeah it's it's been really nice seeing um these products come in through the northeast and, and actually the south um and getting getting products that have those uh qualities that people look for to buy in the colder months um and being able to sell those um, while we're waiting for that traditional cusp of you know spring and, and, and summer, 
the thaw, waiting for the, the thaw. thaw. Waiting for the thaw. You've still been able to get stuff. I mean, you deal with small logistics, think, in the Northeast. It's been brutal. People haven't been able to shovel out their cars or driveways still mm-hmm. up where my family lives in New England. But have you had any problems getting the things down uh, that you need domestically at all? No, there's been a couple of days lag here and there. But uh, really, we buy in, in, in good quantities and bring them in and put them in the caves and, and, and let them sort of uh, you know rest in a, in a natural environment. Um, so you now it's it's been pretty okay, you know, um, as far as uh, other pallet logistics that are concerned, um, you know, uh, that's another issue. Yeah. <laughs> now, Ellen, you just recently moved to the city, and you're a cheesemonger. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you where you come from, and uh, oh and how you got to be here. I have to talk. I thought I was gonna like come here to drink some whiskey and eat. You some can do kind both of, of those while you're talking. We do that. Um, <laughs> We've had several pantsless guests in here. Pantsless. Uh, so I can know, go there then. Uh, yeah, whatever, wherever you, you need man, to like... go. Wherever you need to go, <laughs> you can go there. Um, yeah, I just moved here from San Francisco. Uh, going to be working for a distributor out here. Who are you going to work for? For FMA. Food Matters Again? Food Matters Again. And where were you coming from in San Francisco? Where, what, what business Born were you Born and raised San Franciscan. I was working for World's Best Cheeses, formerly... Uh-huh. CWI, formerly Cheeseworks. Sure, sure. So in the same office that you uh, inhabited for yeah. a wee bit there. They fumigated that office a long time ago. My, yeah, I heard they had to all, do that after All traces left. of me should have been removed <laughs> from that establishment. So what's hey, your... we listen to the show all the time in the office, oh, actually. Oh, yeah. thanks. And uh, yeah. I'm glad um, you'll be able to listen to this one. And uh, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to listen to this one. <laughs> why, why, would you, why would you not do that? I oh, you know. Just <laughs> listening to yourself on the whatever. Yeah, I, I have to. They can, yes, you do. I have That's to. a part of your job. Um, so, it's an interesting uh, question I could ask you. So, you um, you had a, a certain uh, mentality of uh, of work in the cheese businesses on the West Coast. I feel like very different than it is on the East Coast. So, maybe you can uh, just expand on that. And I know you've been here for a short time, but do you yeah. see the differences in the way things get done, or the logistics, or the way everything works on a wholesale level here as opposed to there. Great question. Honest to God, Greg, I have no freaking clue as of this moment in time. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, to revisit that question maybe in the next couple of months, for sure. Um, I can tell, you know, talking to folks that work out here, it's definitely, it seems like it's going to be a wee bit different. Um, but as of as of now, I've just kind of been hanging out for the last week. I haven't started work yet. Yeah. So first day is this week. So not quite sure, but I'm sure I'll have like a lot of good things to say about that <laughs> that difference but you know it's east coast versus the west coast man i do I plenty do. of differences i do so oh man well I'm, I'm, i'll probably uh i'll probably switch towns sometime again i might move further north further think, north yeah. whereabouts are you gonna go mr blaze i think i might um i might head to boston after i get after uh, you know this radio show i might just get in my car and just drive north and uh Kit Boston, see uh, see who uh, who needs a cheesemonger up there. If anybody from Italy is listening to this show, um, <laughs> you know I hear Rubiners is hiring. <laughs> Rubiners, <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so, what else you got going on, Nate? Are you going to plan to uh, to you have any uh, any expository cheese events that you're going to be taking place in? Uh, I know you were a contestant in the Cheesemonger Invitational, and that uh, placed quite well in that. Are you planning on uh, re-entering in the, I'm the ring? I'm retired. You've I'm retired? Re- I've hung up the third place belt. <laughs> 
Second yeah, uh, place belt, I hear. Third place. I don't know. Oh. Uh, no. Uh, you know, I'd like to travel this, this spring and summer at some point to, uh, to visit some producers, but... Uh, really, uh, you know, we're uh, Charlotte, one of the owners of the cheese shop, and I are, uh, are working on a book. So that's um, oh, that's awesome! What yeah. kind of book are you working on? Uh, it's kind of a, an introduction to cheese um, that we were approached for, and so we're we're busy compiling information on that. Um, so on top of running the two shops and doing that, you know, if I can cut away for a little bit to go see the green green grass out there and see the animals in the fields, that yeah. would be awesome. But um, you know. Uh, you know, those, those trips kind of come up on a whim, too. You know, it's like three or four weeks out, and all of a sudden you have to come up with money and figure out, <laughs> figure out a way to... That is the plight of the stuff. cheesemonger. Yeah, yeah but, uh, but it's, it's great. Um, so um, so that's, that's sort of the next few months for me. Um, I hear, um, well, you mentioned to me um, when I had seen you before that you were going to be uh, judging in a cheese competition somewhere, were you not? There's, uh, there's rumors of going to a tour again for uh, Mondial, uh, which uh, Rudolf Lemunier puts on. Can you explain uh, to us what that is? The, yeah. It's, it's, like a, it's like a cheesemonger invitational from uh, right, it's from interna- European yeah, side. Yeah, international cheesemonger invitational, essentially, um, with uh, a, a giant um, exposition of cheeses uh, for people around the world and there's uh, classifications that you go through it's you know, you, like you're tasting cheese and you, it's you know based on style and you have to rank them and you know pass judgment yeah that's the best <laughs> yeah all of a sudden you're an authority in it and you know well you are at this point you know what I mean uh, did you um, what did you notice and, and tour uh, the event and tour you have you have attended before yeah, yeah. The first one was uh, was two years ago, this June. Um, so they're doing it uh, every two years. That's uh, great. Yeah. Maybe just um, as an aside, you can describe to us what are the differences between someone who competed in the Cheesemonger Invitational here and also witnessed uh, another battle of cheesemongers. What was the biggest differences that you remember um, in the two competitions? Um, well, uh, the stage was a lot bigger. There wasn't an auditorium. Like physically? <laughs> physically, yeah. Uh, Were uh, you more sober for one of these activities? Than I'm always other? sober. <laughs> um, no, the, the, the event and tour was, uh, it, it seemed to, um, you know, it was obviously an international community. I don't know, like we've had uh, people compete in CMI that were from Canada and, yeah. and whatnot. So the, uh, um, but uh, it, there, was a, there was a certain intensity about uh, the event at Mondale that was um, real, um, and there, there's for sure, uh, you know, that that competitive spirit with uh, the Cheesemonger Invitational here. But it seemed, uh, and maybe it was because it was in France. <laughs> do you think? About the brand. Do you uh, think that? Um, do you think that that has to do? You know, this uh, just throwing it out there with uh, with the experience or maybe even as a weird question but like the age of the competitors yeah it could have been um it, it seemed like there were definitely some some seasoned veterans uh in in tour that were like decades into the industry um and and the here you know like it, the, the 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 concept of cheesemonger is relatively a, a, a young thing uh-huh. I feel um, in America. Know, in America, um, and I think we're growing to create uh, this culture that is going to be very refined. Um, but you know, there's there was uh, there are people here that, that in tour that were definitely 
you know, that were working for Afanors for, you know, two, two decades, you know, that came from a huge <coughs> heritage where, like, you know, we're cheesemongers here, we're just sort of like... We're yeah, punks. Little, yeah, we're a little bit of roughnecks, you know? Um, we love the food, yeah. and we love the cheese, and we're very expressive of it, but, uh, you know, it, it's only been probably, like, the last... 15, yeah, 15 probably. years. Um, and where it'll it's, evolve into its own thing, absolutely. too. It's not just going to turn into exactly the same way that it's been, mm-hmm. you know, in other countries. And what do you that's think part of the, what makes it special and different and special, quote-unquote. But you know what I mean? Like just. Mm-hmm. But do you think the mellowing of your trade comes with age, or will we always just be the kind of people we are? So if a cheesemonger here that has 15, 20 years' worth of experience, will they always... Will they, will they grow into the same thing, you think? I think you grow, but you don't necessarily grow into the same thing as something that somebody else has done. Mm. You but, know, so we, there's no way for us to to tell insofar as this moment in time the way that it's going to develop. But it's going to develop into a distinctly American thing. It's never going to develop into a European thing. But the cheeses are always going to be the thread of quality that runs through your trade, right? Without a doubt, absolutely. And we have plenty of that. So there will be base elements, like fundamental elements, if I have to work with the products that will yeah. always stay the same. Absolutely. But maybe I think maybe what you might be saying is the personalities of the individuals involved or how we, how we view and uh, approach those fundamental tasks might, Without a doubt. might change. and. Uh, that's what I always like yes, when I work uh, with 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 um, well, folks who are more um, more well established than that. Um, it's kind of fun to to be yourself, but yet still have the base knowledge where you are undeniably a professional and uh, you know and solid at at what you do, right? And yeah. that's like a that's America. That's an American thing. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's anybody that works in this industry, you know. You think so? I would hope so, and that's where, like, if we, you know, that's where we all should be coming from, right? I would think so. A mutual respect for the work that we do and the product that we sell and the people that make it and all of that stuff that matters. Yeah, we got a healthy thing there. I, I actually, and, uh, you know, um, we won't keep you. We'll, we'll let you get back to your to your pies and your, uh, and, your, uh, and your cocktails soon, but one thing I was discussing uh, uh, with... Um, I was after I did the show uh, a couple weeks ago. I went and uh, and I had a beer with Sam Frank, who's a great uh, uh, You know, he came and was a cheesemaker in Italy and also in uh, in Vermont. And now he works for the Crown Finish Caves, which I which I really enjoy. And I I went out and had a beer with him and a friend of his, and we were talking about about what you know, what matters or uh, you know what what always. What's the point of all of this? Um, because I find myself having that conversation more and more. And um, as I look at the world around me, I always think um, as like uh, overtly hyperbolic as this might be, I always think you know, we, we are the sort of weird sentinels that represent and try to save a way of life that is absolutely going away um, for me. Uh, the way that we make food and the way that we deal with food um, is, to me, and I don't have statistics to back this up, but the way it feels to me is that um, it's becoming more mechanized and food is being you know, placed into the control of less people. So I think the the, the camaraderie or what, what makes us all uh, band together is our collective need to fight against that. You know, would you Absolutely. agree there? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think there is a there's a slow shift in the in the mentality of consumption and where we're getting our food products from. And it really takes, you know, um, I'd say at least a generation, maybe two, to completely shift away from, you know, um, just general consumption on a, on you know a, a mass produced level. Need to eat you it. Know? Need to eat it. Yeah. Need to buy. Like I need to go. I need like brand brand names. Um, chain restaurants all that yeah. stuff you know like move away from that um but i think we're we are part of that movement that is pushing away you know and it's going to be our children and grandchildren that are actually going to impact that yeah does that mean we're not going to go get the mozzarella special at applebee's tonight oh no we're going to chili's those mozzi sticks are much better at chili's man better breading <laughs> i'm just a california girl i don't know Dad, you get, get oh, the jack so in the many. box mozzarella sticks out there <laughs> the jack in the crack the tacos. oh yeah no well no <laughs> well look i'm gonna wrap this thing up here but i want to say thank you guys for coming in on such short notice and thank you mr uh, garini piero we will hope to get you back on the line as soon as we possibly can so uh, this is Greg signing off for another episode of Cutting the Curd. We'll be back next week live on the Heritage Radio Network. Take care. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.